0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Evening Thoughts. I hope that you are well and having a good weekend so far. If you are a new listener, welcome to my podcast where we talk about faith, life, death, and the beyond. I am a Navy chaplain, and I love Jesus and believe that the Word of God is what we need for all of life's questions. And the purpose of this podcast is to encourage you, if you are a follower of Jesus, to talk about things relevant to our faith, and also to invite those that don't know Jesus to get to know Him and put your faith in Him. Before we begin, if you like what you hear, please share this podcast with someone you know. You can also reach me at eveningthoughts at hotmail.com if you have any questions or like to send any comments. I'd love to hear from you. The evening thought for this episode is creating healthy boundaries when helping others. As I said, I'm a Navy chaplain, and so I'm coming at this from a counselor slash caregiver point of view. But it really applies to anyone who is helping someone else through hard times. We will all, at one time or another, find ourselves helping those around us, and I want to encourage those of us who do it regularly. Specifically, as a caregiver or a counselor of some sort, to create healthy boundaries to save ourselves some trouble later on, because unfortunately, I've had to learn this the hard way. You see, I'm a people pleaser, and I aim to please and to avoid conflict. And I think at times I ran myself into some unhealthy boundaries, and and so this is coming from a point of view of um, years of making mistakes. So I have a confession for you, and I know that that is a funny way to start a podcast episode, but I do say it like that because the topic for tonight's episode is something that I had to learn over and over again through the years, and when I learned how to do it, it felt like I could do ministry more joyfully and successfully for all involved. So my confession is this. I like being wanted. I like being needed. I like feeling as if I'm important to someone and them depending on me for help and only me. I like being the primary person who helps someone else and for them to recognize me for it. So I confess this to you because as a chaplain and as a pastor, I've learned to pull myself away from this unhealthy behavior. Because ultimately, I was creating bad boundaries with those who came to me for help. Because I like hearing someone say, chaps, you're the only one who understands me. I like them saying that. I like hearing them say, hey, chaps, no one helps me but you. Chaps, I don't know what I would do without you. Have you ever had someone say that to you? Or say something like that to you? I mean, it feels good, right? But what we must understand is that that is, number one, sin, and number two, it is such an unhealthy way to help others. So you may already see where I'm going with this, but boundaries are necessary at times when we help someone. Here's some reasons why. If we allow someone to start believing that we're the only ones who can help them or that we're the only ones who truly understand their plight or that no one else understands them except us, what we're doing is we're setting this person up for immense failure. You know, when when people say things like that to us, it may be sincere, but it's simply not true. Now, it may feel good to hear someone say that to us, but if we entertain for even a second that we're the only person who can help someone, we are fooling ourselves, aren't we? what we're doing is we're isolating this person to need us we're separating them from others that can walk alongside them and the truth is that there is only so much that we can do in a sense there is definitely something unique that we can offer this person but god has given gifts to other people and utilizing their specialty To help the person in need will allow them to use their God-given gifts. When we isolate people in need from other resources, we are setting them up for failure. What would happen if we're not available to meet them? What happens when we're traveling and we're not around? What happens when we simply have too much on our plate and can't meet them anytime soon? You know, I think the worst offense, though, is that we are making ourselves a functional savior because they will depend on us to help make them feel better. You see, when we do this, we are taking God's glory. We are stealing his rightful place as the only one who can help us in all areas of life. You know, when someone comes to us and they they put us up on a pedestal and say things that bloat our ego, We must ensure that we check our hearts and confess that sin to the Lord. Remind that person that the only person that can ever truly meet all of our needs is God alone. Remind the person that there are others who can refer that person to. Compile some numbers and people that you trust to whom you can hand off this person in need to their expertise. When we do this, we are creating healthy boundaries so that we can maximize the kind of help that that person uh, needs to be successful for the rest of their lives. More importantly, though, we are reminding the person in need to go to God for the ultimate kind of help that they truly need, because that is their deeper need, isn't it? Now, some of the people that you help may be religious and some may not be religious. And they may not want to talk about religious things, and that's okay, because we don't want to impose or or push our religion and our faith on someone, but we can still remind them that inviting others to join in and helping them is a good thing for their long-term care. Now, they may not want to hear that, but it is the way, it is the best way to create healthy boundaries as a caregiver. Again, I had to learn this the hard way, and You know, when I stopped believing I was the only person who could help, it opened up the person I was trying to help to so many other healthy resources. When I speak well of people who I trusted and refer them to them, it also made me feel like I was part of a chain of resources for this person to utilize. Another reason why we should create healthy boundaries is because we can set ourselves up for immense failure. So the other flip side to this is that we can set ourselves up for failure. So when someone tells you that you're the only person who can help them or that only you understand, uh, isn't that an enormous expectation to live up to? If you actually start believing it, then it can keep you from challenging or calling this person out in their sin. Now, don't get me wrong. Not everyone who comes to us for help is in sin. Some of them genuinely are victims or they are recipients of someone else's sin. But what happens when they are in sin? What, what if they come to us and after talking to them, you realize that they are the ones that are in sin, whether knowingly or they're ignorant of it. And if we truly want to be good counselors, good caregivers, good helpers, we may need to show them some tough love, right? we may need to recognize their sin and gently and lovingly show them the error of their ways. However, if we start believing that we're the only person who can help this person, or that we are the only ones who truly understand them, it can cause fear of rejection, maybe fear of uh, being human, not being able to live up to their standards for who they made you to be in their minds. So, rather than helping them, what we do is to perpetuate more harm. So, what is the remedy? Well, when you begin to meet the person in need, right off the bat, remind them that you're a human being and that you will fail them at some point. Remind them that there's only so much you can say or do, but that you will do your best to help them or to recommend someone who can. Remind yourself. Not to, for one minute, believe that you're you're the only person who can help this person in need. And by doing that, you will save yourself a lot of heartaches and headaches later on. Another reason that we must create good, healthy boundaries is sometimes when people say these things to you, it is to manipulate you. Not everyone who comes to you for help comes with good intentions. There are times when they have an agenda and they want to use you to get something that they want. Sometimes it may seem harmless, but other times it may be more insidious than you can imagine. Let me give some examples. Part of what makes a marine is going on hikes. Marines ruck. Marines hike. This is a very different hike than what you may be thinking of. When marines hike, it is not voluntary. It is a part of their training. They hike long miles, sometimes 20 miles or more, and they do it with a heavy pack on their back, sometimes 70 to 100 pounds, depending on their loadout. These hikes are not designed to be leisurely. It is often painful, and sometimes Marines fall out. Falling out is when a Marine cannot continue with a hike because of an injury, and they're forced to get into a safety vehicle. And as you can imagine, this hurts the Marine in so many levels more than just physical. As a Marine, physical ability is vitally important because the lives of other Marines are in their hands. And if they fall out, then it may mean the life of the Marine next to them in a combat situation. And even though this is training, Marines always like to train as if it's the real thing. And, and it is funny because it just so happens when a Marine has to go on a hike that all of a sudden they want to come talk to chaps right before a hike. And over the years, I've come to learn that Marines know that talking to a chaplain is an easy way out of hikes. Now, when I have Marines who want to talk to me right before a hike, I'll do a quick assessment and see if it's an urgent matter. And most often than not, the Marines' needs are not urgent. And and quite often, they cancel their request to come see me after the hike when they realize that they can't get off uh, going on that rock. Another example of hidden agendas is when a Marine wants to come talk to me about his leadership. Most often than not, their narrative is of a toxic work environment and they're victims in all of this. And when I first became a chaplain uh, in the Navy, I fell for this quite often, and I've had to learn real quickly to not jump to conclusions and to investigate the validity of the truth of what was really going on, because as you know, that there's always two sides to a story. So now, when I talk to these Marines who come to me to be their advocate, I- I- I'm cautious. I want to be careful, to be slow to react. I want to help them. I want to be their proponent, but I also want to be wise knowing that sometimes Marines come to me because they want me to change something for them for their benefit, and they're not telling me the whole truth. So let's say that you're helping someone and you sense that they're overly relying on you for help. You may be in a situation where the boundaries have already been blurred, and you know that there's some unhealthy crossing of boundaries from both sides. I think this is an opportunity to see the gospel in action. So here are some steps to consider. Consider that you can only help someone so much. As a caregiver and a counselor, you may want to help someone more than perhaps you should. When we allow them to figure it out for themselves or when we give space and room for people to suffer a little in their wrestling with their issues or problem, it actually forces them to grow. It promotes strength. And although it may be difficult watching them struggle, it actually builds endurance. So when we choose to, in God's wisdom, let the person figure it out for themselves, we're helping them to be successful for the rest of their lives, right? The old saying, teach a man how to fish and he will eat for a lifetime. Give a man a fish and he'll only f- eat for that day. I probably really butchered that saying, but that's the idea. The purpose For this is not to ruin the person or to make them suffer longer, but the purpose is to help them fend for themselves. Sometimes we call this tough love, right? Sometimes we gotta show soft love, and at other times we gotta show them a mix of both. And tough love is just what the person needs sometimes. So when we give them tough love, we allow them to grow, and we are helping them to help themselves. If you have blurred lines, let's say, if you have crossed boundaries already, I think this is also a great opportunity to make an apology and then perform a course correction because it is perfectly reasonable for you to make adjustments uh, after realizing that the lines have been blurred. The conversation itself may not always be an easy one. But the effort put into making a course correction is a worthy endeavor and will help prevent headaches and heartaches later on. As a Christian, it would be helpful and important for you to confess your sin of pride. It may also be important for you to confess your sins to someone that you trust so that they can hold you accountable and you have someone to support you as you aim to grow through uh, this season of mentorship. Now remember that the most important of all of this is that we are mere shadows of the real helper. The real comforter, the real helper for all of us is Jesus Christ. He alone can bear the heavy weight of carrying everyone's burdens. Jesus alone has the strength and capacity to carry the sin for all sinners. There is only one who doesn't let us down. There is only one who does not fail us. There is only one who isn't too busy for us. He is the best one, the only one we can point to for someone's ultimate need. Yes, God uses us, but let us know our place in helping those who come to us for mentorship, leadership, or counseling in a one-on-one setting. Let me end with this. I think many talented and gifted well-meaning leaders fall into moral failures, Because they start believing when someone says these things, like they're the only ones who can help or that they're only ones able to understand them. Sometimes we call this codependency. Because we're human, we can blur lines from helper to enabler. We can also have moral failures when we make it all about the person who we're helping or mentoring. So I wish for you blessings upon blessings if you are a mentor, if you disciple others, and if you're a helper. And please have someone that you can lean on for you to share your own burdens with. And be reminded that healthy boundaries will prevent heartaches and headaches later on. Well, that is it for me this evening. I hope that this was helpful and encouraging for you. Again, thank you for joining me for another episode. If you have any questions or comments, please send them my way to EveningThoughts at Hotmail.com. I welcome all comments and questions. And like always, peace and blessings.
1: Good night.